Hey there, what you're about to listen to is the audio extracted from a video I did previously. If you'd like to watch the video, then go ahead and go to toplesstopics.org and search for the name of the episode that you're listening to to find the video. Thank you and enjoy. I'm so bad at this. Clap at one, two, three. One, two, two three. Close enough. <laughs> it works. nicely for your thumb shot or whatever expression you want to do so interesting <laughs> anyway <laughs> okay so um as you can see it's another interview i have uh, another lovely guest referred to me by nasa who i did a video with and then i did a video with one of his friends stormy Stormcloud, a disabled uh sex worker and homeless advocate homeless you know things to help homeless people <laughs> not that she wants people to be homeless and those are both really good videos and i will link to them in the description and you should go watch them um and now i have a new friend of nasa to interview who again this is sort of just a video thrown together so you know hopefully it turns out okay. we're gonna make it work it's gonna be fine <laughs> so would you like to introduce uh your your name your pronouns uh your passions your professions what you yeah. care about etc Absolutely. Um, so I am Bun or Bunny, and I go off of Twitter um, with Little Rope Bun, L-I-L Rope Bun. And then, um, yeah, I am kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. Um, I'm sorry, my pronouns are she and they. Um, so she, her, and they, them. And then, because I'm non-binary and it depends on the day, uh, today is kind of a, a mix. I can't really get it down to one well if it one, makes but, you yeah. feel better i do think that um facebook and stuff would say that you're heinous evil porn right now and ban you so that's unfortunate for facebook <laughs> my tits are a gift to the world <laughs> let's be honest here i know Chill your role <laughs> censors come on <laughs> god um i am a like part-time sex worker i've just transitioned in my vanilla career to something a little bit different uh, which will be starting soon passions include like art and reading and books um, art of all mediums really um i love video games specifically factory builders like factorio and satisfactory um but i do we're gonna love have the... to do a video about that someday because oh, yeah. <laughs> i don't get to talk about that kind of game with anybody else so it'll be uh, I, I i've spent like so factor satisfaction ah, words are <laughs> I speak English wonderfully. Um, satisfactory came out in like September of last year or August. It was like not that long ago, and I've put in like seven hundred and fifty hours. Damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the pandemic. You got you know at the beginning also of true. pandemic, everyone was obsessed with Animal Crossing. So if also you can't true. go safely out into the public, you're gonna settle for whatever you can. Whatever you gotta you adventure can get. digitally, and that's just how yeah. it is. Um, um, so your name, Lil Rope Bud. How long mm -hmm. have you been going by that, and how did you settle on that name? So that name, um, as my like handle for social media and everything like that, that was pretty recent. I think I switched to that in October of this past year, in October or like August of this past year. Sorry. Um, I'm really big into kink. I love like BDSM and that kind of thing. And I am also a rope bottom. So 
typically rope bottoms are referred to as rope bunnies. And so I also am a little because CGL is a thing that's caregiver little for those of you who are playing the home game. Um, yeah. And so like I'm a little and I'm also a rope bun. So a little rope bun. Why okay. Not? Well, well, I'll ask you uh, what those words mean in a minute. Um, yeah. I, this, I do think this is going to be a little more of a, a fetish oriented, you know, sex education oriented video. Um, I'm sure we will get into the whole topless thing, you know, topless equality and everything. Yeah. But at this point, I've done so many interviews that I feel like I want to focus on what is not what's special about that person, but not like, you know, old, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I get you. I get you. Yeah. yeah. So I I, I, just out of curiosity, have you ever heard of the 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 band Steam Power Giraffe? No, no. I, I'm sorry. Okay. I have not. It's just funny because uh I I know them from a long time ago and basically the whole thing is that they dress up as robots and they do sort of like Beatles-ish some of their music but what's interesting is that one of the members is a trans woman who goes by Bunny <laughs> so it's just kind of funny oh, although I, I think that. her her you know real life name is Isabella but um, her character is is Bunny oh, or Rabbit yeah. well it was Rabbit and then I've heard her go by Bunny I don't know anyway um, so okay. anyway so yeah so you mentioned a lot of things there so you've got rope play bottom um i mean bdsm and fetish and everything and kink i think people have an overall impression of course there's stuff like 50 shades of gray where they have a really flawed idea of what it is and i mean i'll let you explain it but i think the biggest thing that people don't understand is consent (laughs) yes absolutely absolutely it's it's much like just regular old plain Jane sex consent is everything and it's paramount like it's the epitome of what makes kink run because without consent of somebody like saying hey yes you can hit me with that like spoon or whatever like there's no kink at all um so people and set it's their just boundaries. Sadism and... for sadism's sake, not as a enjoyable activity. <laughs> no, without consent, then it's abuse or assault. Well, and... that's what I mean. Sadism, as in, mm, like mm, the mm. definition, you know, of someone who causes har- who gets pleasure off causing fear and harm. Sorry, right. no, I don't mean it. sadism as a as a kink word. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm thinking of it as in the kink word, which like that is a whole other thing. Um, yeah. BDSM for those unaware, or at least like moderately unaware is bondage dominance submission uh, sadism and masochism which kind of covers the broad spectrum of kink um and it's like a big umbrella term kink and bdsm are used interchangeably Mm -hmm. um kink just because it's like a super easy word to say that's two syllables instead of four um yeah so uh yeah so how would you okay so for instance one of my previous videos that i did was with a guy who wanted to expel expel expunge some myths about cuckolding the fetish cuckolding <laughs> so i would think that cuckolding would count as a kink but not necessarily bdsm um it is actually an element of bdsm it ha- huh. has something uh called power exchange which basically refers to the power dynamic that's in dominance and submission um oh yeah that makes sense uh yeah so in in the act of like the 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 female partner um, cuckolding the male partner or the submissive in that situation, then they are oh, yeah. exchanging power. I feel silly for not thinking about it. No, I mean, it's, it's something that you don't really think about until you yeah. think about it. Because um, everyone thinks BDSM and they think physical, you know, phys- yeah. like collars and pain and everything. And, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. like you said, submissive or whatever. So I guess uh, rope 
rope and bottom. So my understanding, my very ignorant, uh, used to be really into yaoi comics, but then I realized like how fucked up a lot of them are. So now yeah. I, I'm, I, it's very hard to find one that doesn't make me go. Bleh. <laughs> um, my understanding top bottom or whatever is basically like, well, I don't want to be crass, but you know, sort mm. of the, the doer and the, the dewy, um, I would also think it would be like sort of who takes the lead, maybe. Like, how do you define top, bottom, switch, etc.? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the first thing to kind of break down there is that a disclaimer that language does not fit everybody unique. Like, it doesn't fit everybody the same. So what it means to some, like what it means to me may not mean the exact same thing that it means to somebody else, and it's just kind of the broad disclaimer that I like to put out there, but typically at least in my experience dominant tends to be the person who is doing a lot of the action slash planning slash doling out punishments or uh, rewards depending on like what your structure is and then like the submissive is the person receiving or yeah the stuff is being done to um bottom is much more much the same i tend to think of that as like a um more sexual thing rather than like bdsm doesn't have to be inherently sexual it can be you just get tied up for the sake of being tied up and you don't have to have any kind of sexual interaction at all. Some people absolutely need it. Some people can live without it. And some people want nothing to do with it. Like they just want to be tied up or they just want to be spanked or they just want to be like choked or whatever. Um, so it depends on everybody's kink and what their relationship is. And again, consent. Um, but those are what those things kind of mean to me. I tend to be the submissive slash bottom. So I, like for sex purposes, if we're imagining things, I'm a trans woman. So I have um, the current genitals of an assigned male birth person. Um, and I tend to receive and bottom for anal. Um, I don't top. Do you or- monetize? <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not allowed to monetize. Anything, so. <laughs> That's why this stuff goes on, you know, goes on Trom because Trom is not, uh, they just don't want people posting pro Nazi, you know, anti-vax stuff on there. They're fine yeah. with like actual this and everything. Oh, so thank yeah. you, Trom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Big thanks to Trom. Um, that, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, talking about, you know, uh, people sometimes just wanting to be tied up or whatever, Back in San Diego, um, we had this friend group that would have parties sometimes. And I was never like, you know, really like do acid type, whatever. But I really liked talking to people. And one of the guys that would come to the parties, his whole thing is that he would tie people up as they wanted. And like he was very slow and methodical about it. And, you know, he had the skills to do it Mm -hmm. properly. And it was funny because I'd watch people in the group, like some of them had been tied up basically at every party and it was like, you know, fine, whatever. (laughs) Um, But she, or, but he, uh, sorry, I was thinking of someone else, but he would offer it. And there was like this range of some people were used to it and they didn't, you know, act weird at all to like, Oh, he, he, I don't, I don't think I ever could. And then they (laughs) do it. And it's like, like, it's not that big of a deal. Like it's not okay. You know, you agree to it. So now you have to go through the whole thing. You can stop at any time and he'll, you know, undo you or whatever like that. And I personally never volunteered. I feel like getting restricted kind of triggers my, you know, fight or flight response. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, it was fun watching him too. It's, it really is like watching a performance, like, you know, someone spinning on silks because they have this very methodical, like you memorize 
how you do certain rope setups. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And the other thing that makes me sad about conversations like this is that I think it's important for us to talk about these terms and what they mean and stuff because our society and not just our society, a lot of societies in the world are so repressed that you're talking about, you know, sometimes people just want to be tied up, but it's not a sexual thing. I bet you the majority of the people who might watch this are going to be like, how can you get tied up with that not being a sex thing? Right. And it's just like, so how, how do you define, you know, like I said, you know, getting tied up or whatever versus a sex thing? Is it once you start touching genitals or what, where do you draw that line? So, I mean, obviously it depends on the situation, but yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, To give kind of some perspective or like maybe a, 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 an allegory or not allegory, but like an example, that's <laughs> words hard. Um, an example of this is like recently I, and I am, I have a partner who I am in a DS dominant submissive relationship with. Um, we have like a power structure and um, there's also rewards and punishments and there are rules. Um, yeah. That whole infamous contract that you have to sign. <laughs> so, um, Some people that, do that. I know, but absolutely. I would think that it would be kind of a negotiate as you go. Cause you don't know ahead of time what all your, you know, yeah, lines are going to be. But. Um, yeah. We don't have that far yet, but we have agreed upon, like we have a spreadsheet um, basically to keep track of some of this stuff. Um, it's fantastic. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Um, I'm not a nerd at all. Um, I make spreadsheets for like recipes and video games. So. Oh honey, me too. <laughs> I, I really do. I made a spreadsheet for running when I went, I rent running, um, last summer, but back to the story of what we were talking <laughs> about. Very good. Um, recently I was doing a kind of a thing for October, which was fo- focused on, um, uh, chastity, which is another element of kink. Um, but I was focused on doing like 31 days of chastity in october uh, it's colloquially called locktober hello october um, <laughs> i was wondering if it had a pet name <laughs> it does it is very much a thing um but he ended up tying me up and suspending me from one of the um support beams in his dungeon and like then oh, wow he's got a whole dungeon and everything it's a thousand square feet <laughs> it's impressive honestly um but yeah, he tied me up and suspended me and then started like twirling me around a little bit. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't quite get to that point, but it was it was a bit it was a bit much. Um, but it was whenever he started grabbing like my boobs and also started like grabbing my hips and my ass and just like the intense kind of grippy teasy type stuff was when I started to like, OK, this is getting more sexual. And then, you know. Yeah, that was where yeah. I kind of drew the line. So that. like, it is sort of like physical, although I bet, I mean, again, your mileage may vary. I think somebody just staring at your boobs can be sexual. That's why like going to a clothing optional beach, I feel very uncomfortable if there's a guy there who's just like staring at me and it's like, I'm not touching him. I'm not talking to him, but it's just like, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, then, and another question I had about bottom and top, et cetera, like that. I hear a lot of people refer to themselves as a switch in your experience. And like, from what you've witnessed within the kink community, sure. is that like a moment to moment or is it like, you know, per- partner to partner or what generally does switch mean? So again, uh, a lot of that is that your mileage may vary, but uh, switch tends to mean somebody who can fulfill both roles uh, and it can be situational. Um, it can be something that's like, premeditated and agreed upon so like one day somebody's like hey i want to top 
for rope. And then the next day, the, the other person is like, okay, well, it's my turn to chop for like leather or for other things like that. Like, let's do pet play and you're going to be my bottom. Um, like you're going to be my little puppy or something like that. And switch. I, I am not a switch. I've never thought of myself as a switch in either like the sexual sense or like in the BDSM kink sense. I've never been a switch except for one category, which is um, my, one of my passions is caregiver little, uh, which is CGL. Uh, it's an aspect of age play, which has to do with, um, Oh, again, age play. Yeah. I heard age, age play and I was like, age, age, what does that stand for? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, age as in like your physical age, um, yeah. but like regressing. So like coloring books and stuffies and pacifiers, sippy cups, um, dino nuggies and watching cartoons. <laughs> um, it's something that I find a lot hey, of comfort. Nuggies are the shit. Okay. I know. That's what I'm saying though. <laughs> but um, Very unhealthy, but anyway. I, you know what? And they so have vegan ones and they're fantastic. Oh, I'll have to try those. So in your, when you do it, you tend to be the caregiver? I tend to switch. Um, oh, okay. So like for, uh, I'm also polyamorous. So I have another, a couple of other relationships. And one of them, I am the like caregiver to a little who is my little goddess um who tops me and like doms me from like from time to time whenever we're sexual and like together um but in moments when she needs somebody to like hold her and comfort her i'm her doe which is um what mama bunnies are called is doe yeah i'm like picturing this this intersection of different types of kink where you know, we think of caregiver, like I'm a parent to my kids. I'm, I'm the, the dominant, you know, I'm the decision maker, <laughs> but at the same time I could see, you know, you go to like a slave master or whatever, the slave is taking care of the master at the master's direction. Right. So, so fulfilling I can those see, requests. I mean, again, you know, it's all on how people choose to use the term. Um, and then, so you want to talk about like what rope play is, how you got into it, like yeah. where you learned about it. Yeah, Any absolutely. good or bad experiences with it that you want to share? Absolutely. Um, so my kind of like radioactive quote, um, a podcast that I really love called Off the Cuffs, but uh, I, my radioactive spider bite into kink was that I discovered Wikipedia at 13 and like the broader internet too. But really I spent like hours a day like reading um reading entries on Wikipedia and like thinking about them broadly and then more specifically, like just randomly pulling bondage and then going down the rabbit hole of Wikipedia. And it's kind of like six degrees of separation from everything. And yeah, it was just wildly fascinating. You okay? Sorry. My three-year-old just threw up. Uh Oh, and we're back. Sorry about that. Hopefully he's good. Now he's watching Peppa Pig. He's got some Pedialyte daddy, you know, grandpa's snuggling with him. So we're going to try to (laughs) try to finish this. So we were asking, um, we were talking about how you got into, to rope play and stuff like that. And you were saying you were reading lots of Wikipedia articles, which I think is a neat allegory for what I'm trying to do with videos like this, or I'm trying to inform people without it being porn. Yeah. So it's like, you don't go to Wikipedia, you, they'll talk about porn, but they don't 
do porn on Wikipedia generally. No, there's, <laughs> there's like definitely little wormholes you can go down and find very specific porn because Rule Thirty Four exists, which is that if it exists, there's a porn of it. Um, <laughs> there's definitely examples of that on Wikipedia, but like most of it's just in, information, like just yeah. raw. Wikipedia's not a porn site. Let's put it that no, way. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely unless you're a really nerdy for history. Oh God, <laughs> uh, um, uh, say less. Um, I'm fine. It's fine. I'm fine. But that being said, yeah, I read uh, probably, I don't know how many hours worth of time I spent in my youth just reading Wikipedia articles about like power dynamics and kink and also like bondage, the various different types that exist and like rope and also the fabrication of it, which is a wildly interesting process. Um, If you ever are nerdy like I am and you want to know about how like braiding machines work it's so cool um, oh okay like a how how is it made kind of video oh interesting yeah. <laughs> yeah so like that's a completely different angle of it that I didn't really expect to be interested in but like diving into it at that level I was like that's fucking wild I want <laughs> to know more <laughs> um, I like how it's like a lot of people searching on the web they're gonna get more and more into porn and you like started with porn and then got into like <laughs> how are ropes made yeah no absolutely and that's just how my my brain works because yeah, you know it's like my what did you but... what did you um or or have you ever joined like a message board or like a you know the what is that one kink dating site that yeah um so there is a called. there is a website called uh fat life uh, that's it fat life i was like the, ah it's on the tip of my tongue I mean, it, it, was, it was close but yeah i am a part of fat life and my handle is the same there little rope bun um I have some po- some photos posted there, um, but yeah, it is like a very much a, a thing that you can join like groups in your local area or even the world at large. Um, there are some groups that exist just primarily on that website uh, where you can like talk to people and get experiences, share stories, get inspiration for sure. Um, there's all kinds of resources available on that website and they have like uh, primers on like how to do rope topping or rigging, or if you want to do like any kind of kink if it exists it's it's on that site and if it doesn't then people spearhead that and create stuff all the time um kink is ever evolving because people are ever evolving and the relationships are constantly changing so like when people get bored they want to try something new you know yeah like <laughs> i you know i want to like mash up carrots and like cover my face in carrots that that sounds like a fun fun time why not <laughs> so it's just a thing that happens um, yeah you know and i'm sure people on that site um want to be helpful not because they're trying to demonize the youth as you know <laughs> puritanical people think but because they don't want people to like get hurt or cause you know non-consensual harm which is kind of funny saying non-consensual harm but to others because they don't know what they're doing they don't know where boundaries are and i mean this is not something that's taught in schools i mean most people are not even allowed to talk about it no, so I, going yeah. to a place like that you know it's sharing your passion but it's also trying to keep people safe yeah and and honestly one of the biggest aspects of kink broadly is that like much like being a queer person it's a lot of education um making sure that people who are curious and who want to do the stuff are doing it safely um so one of the first things that they'll tell you in any rope one-on-one class is to invest in a good pair of safety shears um like the same goes for any kind of restraint is that you want to have a way out of it um if shit goes sideways and you want to make sure that you are knowledgeable enough to make sure you're not doing things dangerously um, because the body is a lot more sensitive than you realize. And it just gets wild 
way too fast. So you want to make sure that you're aware of how to do it safely. Um, yeah. Like you might not even know you have a trigger until it gets triggered. And then all of a sudden you're like, actually, I don't like this. I want it to end right now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and like, there's no, no shame at all ever in safe wording out, which like safe word tends to refer to the uh, aforementioned consent, which um, a lot of people like myself use what's called the stoplight system, which is uh, green, yellow, That's red. That's what the cuckolding guy was saying too. So yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Um, there can also be a completely different set of words or just two words There could be like stop or go. Or if you're, if you've already talked with your, you like top or your, your dom or whatever your person is, um, you could just say like, oh yeah, my word today is kumquat. If you hear me say kumquat, stop what you're doing and check in with me or whatever it might yeah. be. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know like in, in popular media and stuff, they make fun of the safe word a lot where it's like, you know, rutabaga or whatever. But <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it's, it's great. I mean, you know, especially as a, as a, as a, as a woman, you know, being told from childhood that I should be, you know, I should be a, a, a demure and, you know, give the men what they want. And, you know, if a, if a boy, calls me shit face in school it means he likes me and all this other stuff and having a safe word is like a very clear way to say i don't like this slow down or stop <laughs> you don't have to be like well does she really mean no you know it's like my safe word is rutabaga you better fucking stop right now <laughs> like, when this word <laughs> happens when you hear this word you stop whatever this shit is you're doing and you pay attention yep. to what's going on um yeah yeah no i yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I know, are like, thing. yeah, because I mean, even, you know, I, I haven't really done kink maybe someday, but just in regular sexual situations, you know, I still have that wanting to please my partner thing. And it's very hard to fight against, even though I think he wants me to be honest. And like, if I'm not enjoying something, he'd rather me tell him than just pretend. Mm -hmm. But it's so hard because I don't want to hurt his feelings. Oh, I feel that. And because. I kind of, sorry, I'm like talking about myself. I promised I wasn't going to do that and go ahead. All right, I'll finish this and then I'll shut up. I, um, I for a long time thought I was asexual because I have such a hard time forming sexual interest in people, let alone romantic. So I was just assuming I was asexual and like my body just isn't that responsive. And so I feel bad when someone's like trying and it's not doing anything. So a lot of times I'll just be like, yay it's great it's like when they cut your hair and you hate it but you're just like yay it's great. like i've endured this whole process so like it's fantastic <laughs> so um so you 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 were on wikipedia and then you started going to like fet life and stuff like that when did you have your first you know in the flesh yeah experience? absolutely um so as i say wikipedia for from age 13 and then i kind of just let those feelings sit and didn't do anything ruminate yeah just kind of let them sit in the back burner and then um it wasn't actually until after i transed my gender that like i actually felt comfortable enough to explore that in a way that was in accordance with me and so the first time that i actually did anything in the flesh was a party in um timelines are fucky here so um <laughs> january of 2020 it would have been so like right oh, wow, before the recent. pandemic okay yeah. um and I went to one party and I bought them for rope and some impact play. I got some really amazingly delicious bruises. Um, <laughs> I, I love marks on my body. I obviously you should go paintballing then. You'll get 
lots. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I would enjoy that. Uh, I might just like stand still and just let people pelt me. Um, <laughs> I want to see I'm... a comedy skit of that where they're like, they they li- they actually life BDSM, but they're too embarrassed to say it. So they go to paintball so they get their, and they they get their fix get and paintball. <laughs> they just stand there. Uh, so, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. I, I love that sketch though. Um, but yeah, the first time I went to a party was in January 2020. And then I went to a couple of other like social events and then another party in that March. And then the world ended. And um, yeah. you picked an awesome time to get. I know. <laughs> it was just, I, you know, I was like, it's now or never. And it, the world's going to end tomorrow. So I might as well just enjoy it. And so there we go. And it was like, so you went hog wild with, you know, Damocles, sort of Damocles hanging over your head. And then <laughs> not realizing eventually. What the <laughs> and then eventually you I guess reached a point where you're like okay it's not safe to be around people and then you went back to like internet research so I went back to to FetLife I actually went to FetLife and got really involved on uh the site there um I was active in a bunch of server or a bunch of uh forums I took a break a little bit to kind of get centered again and develop some relationships I started dating one of my current partners in October of that year I I went through a bunch of breakups because polyamory is dicey and um, long distance polyam is also really dicey and difficult. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was a, that was a thing. But um, then over the course of broke the some s- hearts, had your heart broken. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, over the summer, I went to Cancun and I came back from vacation after getting vaccinated. And everything oh, did you like see that. Ted Cruz there? You know, I think I might have saw him <laughs> in the airport. It was. Uh, <laughs> It was a weird little. I don't think he actually made it to Cancun before all the people were like, "Uh, Texas is freezing to death, and you're going to Cancun. We're still going to vote for you, but also fuck you." Yeah, right. Like we're doing (laughs) this because we hate you, but we're voting for you anyway. Whatever. So you uh, you went to Cancun. That's pretty cool. What? When did you say you went? So I went in June of last year, uh, like okay. June first. So 7th. that brief period where we thought, you know, it was getting better, and then Delta was like, and then yeah. Omicron was like. Pah. So it was like the thirty <laughs> seconds of reprieve that we had over the summer, and I was like, you know, going outside, and I was running, um, and then I, you know, we went to Cancun. I came back, and I went to one of the first social events that was being hosted again because they were starting to gear up a little bit, and I actually met my current partner, uh, my dom, sir, and one of my current partners, I should say. And like, we started um, a little scene together with like wax play, which is where you take a candle and drip hot wax on a body and it cools on the body and it creates a really delicious sensation that I love a lot. Um, Sorry, literally yesterday I had a candle burning and my five-year-old was like sticking his finger in the wax and he's like, it doesn't even hurt. And I was like, (laughs) that's how it starts. That's how it starts. Um, but yeah, so we did, we did wax play and abrasion play, which is basically like think rough surfaces or rough textures being dragged on skin. Um, at least that's what it means to me. It's yeah, I have a very sensory thing that like fills me with horror. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, getting the know, wax off the body is you. like, that's how it, it works. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we did rope too, and we did a photo shoot and there's some pictures on there that I'm tagged in and I've posted a couple of them. Um, he's a professional photographer and does oh, nice. stuff like that and or not professional. He is a talented amateur prof- prof- photographer. <laughs> English is my spoken my first language <laughs> and I speak fluently. It's glorious. 
I get tongue tied all the time. Yeah. yeah, I wish he lived closer because I I used to do these photo shoots where I used it to to generate money because I'm not allowed to you know monetize and I won't do actual porn, and I have had a really hard time finding a photographer who knows how to you know is experienced taking photos of someone um you know naked without being gross about it yeah and unfortunately amazing. yeah and like even the boudoir you know professional boudoir people they won't give me permission to sell the pictures and so it's like mm. but you know someday. someday um so that's really cool so uh yeah. what what plans do you have you know that you want to try when it is safe again like do you have any interest in like a really big you know orgy type thing or are you mostly like you know one or two people at a time um so i tend to be one or two people at a time on that type of thing i I, normally i would be like that i do enjoy the odd kink party where it's like a gaggle of two to three hundred people in the space and like all kind of doing stuff Um, (laughs) that's a lot of people (laughs) yeah parties are extravagant here um and they're fantastic because you can like network with people and get to know people. Yeah, it's like a charcuterie board of kink for you to, to yeah, see so, what, what pleases you. Yeah, and you can see all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Like you can see people doing like fire play, doing fire cupping, which is a mm-hmm. pretty sure it's a Chinese technique to like create a vacuum in a little cup that. Yeah. Oh, they do it at like chiropractors too. They actually yeah. did it on me because I have this chronic headache and they were mm. like doing it. And it's crazy because you have all these crazy bruises, yeah. but it doesn't actually really hurt. Or at least for me, it doesn't actually hurt when it's like weird, but. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've never done fire cupping. I've seen a lot of people do it and I have friends who have done it and they've raved about it. I know that it has a lot of medicinal benefit and it has like pain relief aspects to it. Um, yeah the theory is it like sucks the toxins out or something like that whatever the whatever the theory is i have not a clue but um (laughs) you know more power to you if you want to do it um yeah but you get to see all kinds of stuff on display so you get to see people doing like impact play which is where people get hit with things um think like wooden spoons or leather belts or even stuff as crazy as um i've been hit with frying pans before yeah, That's a I was thing. gonna say I'm like picturing walking through the kitchen, and you're like this, maybe this, you know, yeah. pizza cutter. Oh, that's a little risky. That was a little <laughs> risky. That could be some edge play, though. Um, yeah, yeah. Could be some fun edge play. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, just getting to see all this different stuff on display and seeing people do what they're passionate about, and it's not inherently sexual because again, it's a public thing, but also exhibitionism, which is in yeah. public is also a kink that a lot of people indulge. I yeah. indulge in it. Um, and <laughs> like definitely in the, the more recent parties that I've gone to, they have facilities for like public sex and it's a thing yeah. I really want to do uh, at some point, but. Well, if you ever visit Portland, there's actually a couple of, um, I guess you call them sex clubs um, like that. Um, there's one called Club Privada that I actually, shock shock i've actually had sex before um <laughs> been to a few times and it's really it's an interesting setup because there's a couple of areas where there's like a couch or whatever and people will generally have sex there there's also rooms and the rooms have windows and so you can pull the curtain shut and be like super quiet you can have it open so people can see but they can't like take place yeah. or you can just like whatever um <laughs> And they also, I mean, it's an interesting setup. Um, they're not allowed to pay people that like, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird legality rules. So people volunteer and then they get free hours for it. It's sort of like almost like selling weed, how you're <coughs> not allowed to, you know, accept yeah, credit cards or whatever. To, to monetize um, it in that way. 
Yeah, yeah, but it's really nice because they have people who literally their job is if someone is like making you uncomfortable, you tell them. So yeah. talking about those those 200, 300, you know, people party, is it like they rent out like a party room or is it at someone's house generally? So typically, um, and I, I live for the record in Austin, Texas. Um, I'm, I feel comfortable saying this is a pretty big I'm gonna area. I was say you're it's surrounded like, just outside of Austin, quite a <laughs> quite a crowd. Yeah, it's a, a lonely island, <laughs> um, one of four in the state of Texas that's kind of like liberal. And it's a little, like it's a mini California here, honestly. But um, there's a place here called the Collect Club that hosts, um, it's a swingers club. So like people go and hook up swing um relationships which is like um basically the the wife and husband or the couple have an open relationship so that either partner can go and hook up with whoever they want to hook up with typically with other willing partners and so that's what happens at the sex clubs that i go to too a lot so so that's a that's a thing and they have the facilities to have that happen but once a month they host a group called shrine which is a like a big group here in austin and people come from like Houston and Dallas and like come all over the state to come and just, you know, come and fuck in public also kink <laughs> too. And it's glorious, but they have like a huge yeah. facility with like a dance floor and two stripper poles or three stripper poles. And then they have like facilities for like, they have two large rooms, I think on the third level. And then they have um, like something like eight beds or something like that, where it's like in yeah. this little strip with um sheer curtains that you can kind of pull aside or if you want to black out the curtains and you can do that too but there are definitely people who like you said like they don't get paid but they get like admission for free yeah who are called dungeon monitors or dungeon yeah dungeon monitors they basically make sure that <laughs> Not dungeon masters that's something else <laughs> that's, that is something else that's the people who run the dungeon no i'm just kidding um the and dungeon, tabletop games also true um dungeon monitors they are the ones that if someone is called a safe word and they are not comfortable in the situation. They are there to de-escalate. They're also there to like kind of monitor um, people pulling out their phones and taking photos because typically at those events, that's a privacy thing. It's a big privacy concern. And so like they want to make sure that nobody is like fucking around and taking photos of someone being in a situation um, and or like reporting back anything that could be sent out to the world. Yeah, because um, I mean, a lot of people's lives would be ruined if that kind yeah. of video... Yeah, yeah they absolutely. have the same thing at the at the places that I've been. And it's really inconvenient as a parent <laughs> to not be able to, you know, like my son just threw up. Like if I had been out, you know, like what, uh, whatever. So yeah. basically what I usually end up doing is having to leave the club like every 20 minutes to <laughs> check my phone. Yeah, no, I feel that. Hopefully I... they actually let you back in. One of the parties we went to, they didn't. And oh. my, my husband brought actually – he was interested in her as a possible third. Mm. Um, she's kind of a train wreck, so I'm glad it didn't work out. But we came in and like she's a chain smoker and like half an hour if we got there with this $200 per person, it was like a big Halloween thing. She went out to smoke and we they wouldn't let her back in. So my husband left to take her home and I just stayed by myself for like the rest of the night. Like, but yeah, that's all, cool that you're yeah. talking about hall monitors or whatever because um, – you know, that is a, that is a big thing. Cause like going back to, it's hard to fight against societal conditioning, not just because, you know, women are told to be submissive to men, but also because it can be very dangerous women. And, you know, especially trans women are, are murdered for saying no. Yeah. And, absolutely. you know, so it, it, it definitely, I would feel like, I feel like with, especially with the sex clubs is there's actually more of a sense of 
community, I guess. Like, I feel like people would intervene to help you more than they would at a standard club. Cause it's like, I've been to clubs where I, I have a very distinct memory. I was at a club is actually a, 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 you know, male oriented gay club. And this guy was there, not gay, started dancing with me, was like pressing me against the wall. And I was just like, and people were just walking by, not, you know, didn't even occur to them. So I would actually feel safer yeah, no, <laughs> at an uh, orgy yeah. than I would there. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that on like a spiritual level. Uh, I've been to a couple of the clubs here in Austin and I've had uh, an experience similar to that where I like had this guy dancing on me who I didn't consent to dancing with him. Yeah. Um, and he's just like grinding on me and I'm just kind of like, okay, this is happening and nobody's going to do a thing. Cool. Um, but You're on this, your own. <laughs> right? Uh, and that was before I owned a taser. Damn. Uh, but like, Don't tase me, bro. <laughs> uh but if you deserve it, you're going to get the tase, uh, especially as a trans woman, like safety is a paramount concern. So like, I have, of course, ways to defend myself and also being like a disabled trans woman is hard enough as it is. And then having yeah. the ex- extra bullshit on top of that is just way worse. Um, yeah. But those kink parties, like, yeah, they absolutely have the structure in place to protect everybody involved, not just the bottoms or the subs, but like everybody involved. Yeah. And, it's funny. Yeah. Um, you, you're in Austin. Um, one of the first interviews <clears throat> I ever did was with a friend of a friend who's a fetish model. And she's mm-hmm. also in Austin. She was in Dubai with him for a long time. And then they moved back to Austin like mm-hmm. three or four years ago. Her name is Amanda Key. I don't, I don't know if you happen to know her. She goes to a lot of like goth clubs and everything. But we had a really interesting um, interview that I actually just recently re-uploaded to Trom, where we were talking about like the perception of fetish and stuff like that, especially in places like Dubai. And I hadn't talked to her since she moved back to Austin, but it would be Mm -hmm. nice to film another one and ask her to like compare. So you're talking about, um, you know, uh, sex work. That's actually a good segue to the other thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, what kind of sex work do you do? What have you done that you decided you didn't want to do anymore is there something else you want to try um any stories you want to share and like you said like safety that was a big thing with my storm cloud interview is talking about being a disabled sex worker you're at the mercy of your client and that's just terrifying to me absolutely so yeah Yeah. what uh what kind of stuff what what are you what are you into what am i into Um, (laughs) we kind of already talked about that a little bit with the kink but no like you know experiences how you got into it etc yeah absolutely um mostly of how i got into it was kind of a passing fancy i had thought about like starting an OnlyFans for a bit because i take a ton of photos of myself to send to partners and also to like post to trans specific places that I like get a lot of affirmation and get gassed up a little bit, um, which is nice. Like it's confidence boosting and like, you know, it's affirming to be seen as attractive by people. And um, And I would assume your response in places like that would be better than just like putting it on 4chan where most of the people are going to be horrible to you. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) And like Reddit is uh, kind of a place that goes back and forth on like, oh, you know, like this person is hot or like, oh, like you're such a, you're a man or whatever, which is like, you're sucking carbon dioxide through that straw. Stop it. Um, Just let people be what they want to be. It doesn't affect you in any way. It costs you nothing to be kind. It really doesn't. That is, yeah, but that is a big benefit of the internet is being able to find safe spaces i hate how that's become an insult but you know places where you don't have to have this iron 
iron, you know, skin going in, you can be more gently introduced because you have people who already put up with that bullshit who will shut it down if it happens. Yeah, absolutely. And, And, you know, that's a... That's a big, so. big point in the internet's favor. Now you do have to be careful of being sucked into, you know, conspiracy theory rabbit holes, which is <laughs> whole other thing, uh, whole ass other thing. But yeah, yeah. I uh, definitely started with uh, like that kind of way. So I, I was taking a ton of photos of myself, period. And I think on my phone and my iCloud account, um, I think I have like 22,000 photos of my on my phone. Um, I got... Do you do the thing where you'll take like 500 and then only post one? That a lot of people apparently do. <laughs> I have not a clue what you're talking about. I, I, oh, the I, stereotype I, is like an influencer or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like they'll take a million pictures trying to get that perfect picture. Whereas I, was, I am just like single shot. I look like shit, whatever. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was kind of being a little facetious there. I definitely do that. I, I will definitely <laughs> take like five, 10, 15, 20 photos and then like sort through and like, you know, I like how my head's slightly tilted this way or like, I like how the light's catching my eyes in this one, but not in this one. And like, yeah, I'll sort through and definitely do some edits after, uh, not a ton of editing, but cause like, I don't need to, or want to, I want to be <laughs> as like real and as true as possible. Um, mm-hmm. the makeup right now is because I've been on a makeup kick where I've been trying to practice and hone my skill so that when I want to be like all hyper femme and everything like that, and I want to like stunt on people at whatever restaurant I go to, I can like whip that out and I've got that right there, right there in my tool bag. Um, yeah, I like wearing makeup for fun. I just don't like being told I have to wear makeup because that yeah. makes me want to go fuck you. I'll never wear makeup ever. Yeah, I was like, how about I mean, how about how about <laughs> fuck your societal expectations? Yeah, uh, when you do go out femme, um, what kind of clothes do you like to wear? This is totally off topic. I'm just curious. That's all right. I, I, it's completely off topic at this point, but that's all right. Um, I like to wear dresses. I really really love a good bodycon dress, body contouring dress, or bodycon for conforming dress yeah um skin tight skin tight yeah Yeah. show off that ass you know Um, (laughs) i've got a good body and i like showing it so having clothes that accentuate it are fantastic um so high fem days tend to be like wearing my hair down and or curled and then like a nice long like mid thigh dress that like a cocktail length dress that is bodycon and or displays like my assets sleek very (laughs) yeah very sleek very fam like like yeah. an old style New York socialite kind of. <laughs> yeah, so think like 1950s socialite almost. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with high fun days. I'm going to have to look up some pictures. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Uh, J- Jonathan, I can't remember his name or their name. Sorry. He, uh, they were, f- they were <laughs> just on um, the Stephen Colbert show and I was watching a clip of it and uh they're the one from the the queer eye where oh, yeah. he has jonathan like the ben beard Hans. and the yes yes jonathan vanessa god i couldn't remember <laughs> um and they were wearing this really interesting dress where it was like off the shoulder or whatever and it was like eye bleedingly orange but watching that i was getting excited that you know we have that kind of representation on tv it's still kind of niche i mean for for sure Definitely. but giving people not just a like you know, sideshow part of a movie experience with that, but like an actual person that yeah. actually dresses that way and is having real conversations. And I mean, the idea of uh, what is it called? Glitter, glitter. I can't remember whatever. Basically it's, it's when someone's really straddling the line between what's considered 
masculine and femme. Like they'll have a full, you know, like Jonathan, they'll have like a full beard, but then be dressed very flowery and everything like that. And I would love to see more of that in the world, you know, blow some, blow some perceptions out of the water. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm remembering like a specific example of that from like the Oscars in 2019 or 20, somewhere in there. It was like the, the last three or four years, one of the attendees had worn a tuxedo jacket and, a tuxedo yeah. shirt with the bow tie and then had like a full ass like dress underneath yeah. and it was amazing seeing that on the runway on the red carpet at like the oscars was, yeah like, people watch that all over the world yeah yeah harry kind of styles from what fantastic. what i understand also harry styles and there's like a couple of other um other actors out there and um i don't have it in front of me but it was really cool i remember harry harry yeah Harry Styles had this thing where he was saying that him wearing a skirt has nothing to do with his masculinity. Like he still can feel perfectly masculine even as he wears a skirt. And, you know, this, this, this very small minded idea that your gender is defined by what you look like or what you wear. It it really has nothing to do with it. Gender identity and presentation are completely separate things and you can be a man or a boy who wears high heels and yeah. does makeup and still be a man. Yeah. You can also be a girl who wears like plaid and has a short ass haircut and <laughs> like doesn't wear makeup ever and wears like Doc Martens or even wears like combat boots. Like you can wear whatever the hell you want to wear. Yeah, tomboy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to see that happen. Um, yeah. so sorry, <laughs> we no, were talking about your, your, your experiences and your introduction to yeah. doing sex work. So you started with taking a lot of pictures and you liked the response and you were like, might as well make some money off of this. Like, That's yeah, actually, I uh, I did an interview with, with Eden Blair, who's a porn star, mm. not, I'm more of adult Blair. actress, yeah. but she, uh, she basically said that, you know, it was like, I'm going to be objectified anyway, might as well make some money off of it. So yeah, honestly, <laughs> um, like I get. So I, for, uh, for about three years for up until recently, I worked retail in a hardware store, um, uh, which was a fucking experience during the pandemic. Uh, holy shit. Um, I, I'm assuming you got a lot of conservative type people, especially in Texas, <laughs> especially here in Texas. But the, the more alarming part was that I'd have a guy who would like stare at my chest. Cause I like to wear clothing that's like low cut because I have a good body. I like to show it off. Um, but like not to the point where I'm being objectified like crazy at yeah. work. Like that's just gross. Don't hit on your waitresses or your hosts at restaurants. It's bad. They're required to be nice to you. It's, I know. That's like the whole guys like, Oh, she said hi to me. That means she wants to fuck. Incorrect. <laughs> Wrong friend. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, would get like straight up leered at in, in retail environment. And so, you know, I'm like, I'm being objectified here. I might as well charge like five ahead on the internet and like, let's go. Um, and so I started OnlyFans and then started promoting it on Twitter. And I'm a start, I, like, I took a Twitter account from about 150 followers in like June or July and August to like, I have 9,300 right now, now on Twitter. Um, yeah. Twitter's a funny beast in that it's one of the only platforms that allows me to even post topless, but they also allow like hardcore porn. But at the same time, they banned me for having a breastfeeding photo for my profile picture. So they're still like, "Mm." but definitely a lot more sex worker friendly than 
Facebook and YouTube and Instagram oh, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. So yeah. sorry. Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> so we were back to um, how I got. Oh yes, yeah, so you were getting leered at, and so, so you you yeah. decided to turn it into a profit. <laughs> yeah. So I, like I turned, I was like, all right. Uh, well, I'm gonna get objectified. I might as well like be objectified and be paid for it. So that led to me starting an OnlyFans and then doing a bunch of promotion and stuff on Twitter. And I don't know what factor, but like an order of magnitude my twitter following um to almost yeah. ten thousand now and yeah i've been doing it for about three three months now yeah. um so not a crazy amount of experience like not a ton of experience i don't as a rule go out to like meet people and like hook up just randomly because oh, yeah i don't That's dangerous like, one <laughs> it's really super dangerous here in texas and then on the second side like i don't form just random sexual trysts like i have to have an emotional connection to the person before i'm able to like trust them with my body in that way um at least sexually i with kink that's a different beast because i can take a take a fist or a punch or whatever but like yeah i know i understand the difference Yeah. yeah one of the things stormy was saying in my interview with her is that you know, the legalized versus decriminalized sex work. Um, one of the important things is that sex work has a very low barrier currently. So people who maybe are in a desperate situation or maybe they just, you know, are tired of, of working hard so that a CEO can buy a third yacht. Right. And so they want to get into it. And if you legalize it, then you're forcing people to have to get like licenses and give all this opportunity for you know, prejudice and stuff. Whereas decriminalizing it kind of leaps, it leaves it open-ended and they don't have to operate under the fear of, you know, if this say that, you know, you have a client and he wants you to do whatever and you don't want to do it. He could get revenge on you by reporting you to the cops. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a gross form of the way things happen. Unfortunately, uh, I'm really fortunate in that I've never had that experience. Um, so I can't speak to that, but it's, um, yeah, so doing doing sex work on OnlyFans and taking requests for customs, like I'll do what I can to make it happen. Like I've had requests for some unusual things, um, like some foot fetishy things. That I, they're not things that I really like per se, but if it gets the person going and like yeah. we're all here for orgasms here on Earth anyway, so like you know, I'm here to. It's help funny. Apparently, uh, TikTok has been taking down uh, videos of like feet and stuff like that. There used to be a whole bunch of people that would do it because it's like, you know, it's a foot, but now TikTok's taking it down as sexual. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like, <laughs> like, is that sexual? you just decide anything foot? sexual. And so you, uh, I don't get it. I, I really don't either. It, it is, it is wacky. I do not at all understand it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the story of how I got into the sex work. And I would love to see, a lot more decriminalization around the country um, so that things are more open-ended that way. Um, I know that there are like revenge porn is absolutely a thing that exists and yeah. it's disgusting. I, yeah. people who do that are, I have low opinions about those people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're passing rules on it, but you still have to deal Well, it's the same thing with like rape allegations where you have to like prove that they did it. Hopefully it'd be easier to track like, Oh, it's on his Facebook or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, literally there was, I actually just got a message from someone, um, friend of her friend, uh, is a sex worker, but she had a guy that she was dating 
like she did some photos for him and so he for some reason decided to like posting them all over reddit and everything yes she's a sex worker but that doesn't mean that she wants it just out there for anyone to find right i mean first you're losing revenue second of all you know at least you can have some control on who finds it because right just because you're a sex worker doesn't mean you want your friends and family knowing that you are. And... Absolutely. <laughs> and that's like a, definitely a thing that my friend, my family is not aware of, at least as far as I know. Um, yeah. It's obviously subject to change, but uh, yeah. it, my, my, it's good my that you go by a pseudonym, at least. It's good that you go by a pseudonym. So. That's, that's how it is. But uh, the tattoos are pretty recognizable, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> um, but with all Well, that thank you said, for your bravery for yeah, doing this video. And of course. Hopefully, we don't have any crazy stalkers that are going to try to dox you or anything <laughs> can't really not. stop it but <laughs> no unfortunately that's i would prefer that not to happen if it does we'll deal with we'll cross that bridge when we get there um that's a that's a reality of the internet <laughs> yeah it really is unfortunately but um, so would you i mean do you feel any i mean based on cultural upbringing i'm assuming do you feel like you would be ashamed if they found out or just embarrassed or would you just be like, yep, I'm a sex worker. Deal with it. Like, what do you think your re uh, response would be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, realistically going over just kind of like my, my family has had a hard line on like, we don't want to know your sexual activity or your sexual history, which is like, I, I feel that like, if you don't want to talk about sex with me, that's fine. I like talking about sex. I think it's one of the things that like we're, you know, we all got here through sex. Like the reason that we're all watching and like being a part of the things that we're a part of is because someone way back when fucked and <laughs> here we are. Um, yeah. Or at least we're fucked. Or we're fucked. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like it's, it's a thing that happens and it's a part of life and it's a part of yeah. nature. Like the pets that we have, the birds and animals that we have in the world. Like that's sex is reality unfortunately um or fortunately depending on your perspective but um my family has drawn like a pretty hard line around that i don't think i'd be embarrassed i don't think i'd be ashamed or anything like that i'd just be like yep um yep. <laughs> i know that it would be an uncomfortable thing for my my parents to deal with uh which is unfortunate and i'm open to having those conversations in a productive manner where i'm not going to be like shamed or like ridiculed for lowering myself and like i don't hold my i don't hold my body in any kind of religious sense as paramount so like you know like the bible i was i was raised in a christian household so like the bible is the paramount epitomedical text that like sets this the stand the, the tone and standard of like what things should be so like don't commit adultery don't like have frivolous sex or whatever but like how about how about I don't how about I how about I don't live by how about you dictate your own you know your own yeah. ethics and standards and yeah <laughs> like how about I like have some life experience and I can decide what's best for me yeah. and then you know this two thousand year old book written and edited by men um, <laughs> cannot dictate edited and and you know you got like the King James version everything like right? that where it's like, all dependent on like one or two guys perspective you know yeah absolutely and like i i have never once ascribed myself to like you know this is a holy text and like it is gonna run my life like there was for sure a moment where i was like trying to pray away the gay a little bit um trying to like fight some of the the little queer feelings that i had as a, a baby um back in the day 
in the dark ages um, where I was just kind of like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I couldn't be, it's not me. I just, I couldn't, I know I couldn't. So let me just dive into this, this 2000 year old book and get my worldview from that. And subsequently my like fucked up perspective had to get like deprogrammed and everything like that, because that book is wild. Um, And it's, (laughs) it's so bad, but um, yeah. Yeah, so I decided that a long time ago that I was just going to kind of do my own thing and like, you do you, your religion is your religion, it's not my religion, I'll do whatever I want and perceive whatever I want to be as holy and that's how I'm going to go, like, I'll be cool, you be cool, um, if you're not going to be cool, you're not going to be in my live life. Live and let that, live. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, absolutely, like, just let it be, honestly. Um, there's, a, there's a person on Twitter that um, is actually the first trans woman trans person period that I ever did an interview with and she basically started the ex-evangelical movement um, her name is Chrissy Stroop oh. and she yeah we talked about that in the interviews that I did with her you know being raised in a very religious household being taught a lot of shame you know having to fight against if I if I give it you know if I identify as gay then I'm going to go to hell and all this other stuff and not going to get super into religion, but I, I find it, I find it sad that, you know, you would be raised and taught something that just because you do this thing, you know, you're don't deserve happiness. Like it's just, (laughs) I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to teach my kids something like that, but you know, I was raised basically agnostic. So (laughs) I, I, I a little bit envy you on that because (laughs) I feel like you probably have a better worldview than I did for a long time. And it's only through like the power of the internet writ large and exposing myself to our, to differing viewpoints than what I had when I was being raised um, has led to my formation of like my own morals and ethos of how I operate in the world. And yeah. yeah. Well, that's, you know, again, like people that don't want people, you know, they don't want their kids ending up a certain way. They just shut down information because it, to them, it's not, my kid is already gay and now they're finding a, you know, way to feel comfortable with themselves. It's my kid is straight, but if he looks at gay porn, he'll turn into, you know, a gay person or whatever. And I mean, you, you kind of have that happening now with the critical race theory bullshit where it's like, if we never teach them that slavery existed, then, you know, they won't. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, cause we're going on over an hour. Um, I don't know exactly cause I had the thing with my kid, but um, if you want to, you know, maybe just talk a little bit, I mean, how much is there really to say? But for people who maybe haven't seen any of my previous interviews or videos, like what, well, we kind of talked about it. Like, when does it become sexual? But when do you think rules against, you know, toplessness or full body nudity or whatever should exist? Like, where would you draw the line? Or do you not have a line? Do you think people should be able to do whatever they want, wherever they want? Absolutely. Uh, that's a great question. Um, vamp here a second. Um, I would say that there's definitely a couple of places that I would say that nudity is probably not something that everybody should engage in. I'm thinking like funeral ceremonies where there's like kind of a a sense of reverence happening um, and also like remembrance and things that are emotionally challenging. You don't really need someone running around topless in that context, but like ordinary everyday life, like you're just walking down to the mailbox or something to go get the mail or even just taking out the trash. I feel like there shouldn't be a penalty or a stigma against a woman also doing things that a man would be doing. So like mowing the lawn, for example, it gets hot outside. I'm not (laughs) sure if you're aware, but there's like a 
big ass ball of gas in the sky that's kind of burning all uh, the yeah, time. Yeah, we had a like, 117 degree day in June here in Portland. So yeah, sign me up for no <laughs> thanks, dog. I'm good. Um, we had, yeah. I think last summer we had like a month of over 100 degree days, like continuously, yeah. and it just got and unbearably snow. hot. And then we had snow, and then a freeze, and yeah. our senator ran away. Yeah, the thing about like jogging and mowing your lawn and stuff like that. Like I've said that in other videos, but it's so frustrating that my husband is basically topless all the time. He comes home from work, he usually takes a shower, he'll put on PJ pants and then not wear a shirt, like ever. And, you know, we'll be outside gardening or something, and I'm like wearing this stupid fucking sports bra, and I'm just like, ah, like burning, you know, and I, if I get a, a tan, because I, I don't, I don't tan, I burn, but you know, I'll have like this I stupid little shapes around me and it's just like or going to a beach and it's like i don't like wearing a bathing suit because the sand gets in there and it's very uncomfortable and it's just i just i don't understand why more people don't acknowledge the the, the hypocrisy and the the you know baked in misogyny of guys allowed to mow the lawn without a shirt nobody cares girl mows along without a shirt and suddenly it's like sexual porn <laughs> yeah absolutely and I, I i think that part of it is that there's like so we talk about worldviews and how upbringings can affect everything like that um like it definitely affected mine and i'm sure your worldview affected yours in a different way um and everybody's is going to be you know based on the context of how they were raised in their homes but a lot of american culture specifically but western culture generally and kind of in the world writ large there's this like stigma slash indoctrination of like women are these holy like just par like paramount um things they got to be protected so like the idea of virginity becomes sacred and so you want to defend that as much as possible from that worldview obviously virginity is bullshit um but um so that like becomes then the female form so boobs on a female person or a, a assigned female birth person or somebody who presents as feminine um just get inherently sexualized and it's from my from my point of view it's nice to get objectified it's like a validating thing but also like then at the same time it's really oppressive to like not be able to express and like just be myself in the world and sometimes i like running around without a shirt on or a top or a tank or anything like that like i yeah. again my get my tits are a gift to the world and they should be shared uh, but they don't have to be shared in a sexual way it doesn't have to be inherently sexual. Just doing everyday run-of-the-mill things that we all do shouldn't be a sexual act, and it shouldn't be something that's repressed. So Yeah. Well, that's, that's where the misogyny right. comes in because it's like, you know, again, TikTok banning feet videos because people are sexualizing feet. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, if a woman cooks a meal without a shirt, people are going to treat it like porn, therefore it's porn. And it's like, what a nonsensical argument is that? A guy, you don't think there's going to be people out there that see a topless guy and they sexualize it? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me is, you know, someone is going to sexualize it, therefore it's sexual. It, it just, mm. it, it feels like prescribing rules for things that don't really need rules. And it's misogyny. Like, this world was built by men. Um, if we're being honest, women haven't really been in like the positions of power that like men have occupied for millennia. And so <laughs> my worldview is that I would like to see a lot more women in power and a lot more women in positions of authority and like having the ability to correct some of these systemic and in, like 
institutional failings to and hopefully not have a lot of internalized misogyny themselves hopefully not hopefully (laughs) somebody who is like a tried and true crusader who believes strongly that women are equal to men in every sense of the word and like that relates to both pay and also just expression in the world like they shouldn't be sexualized men shouldn't be over sexualized and women shouldn't be over sexualized either like I get, um, I get haters who, you know, I'll talk about how YouTube bans like even fully clothed videos of mine as nudity based on the false flagging by trolls or whatever. But you know, to be pithy, I'll say YouTube hates women, and people are like, how could YouTube hate women? The CEO is a woman. It's like, first of all, CEOs don't really have like all the control over what's decided to be moderated. That's you know the shareholders and everything like that. Two, internalized misogyny. Just because somebody's a woman doesn't mean that they're a feminist. And I mean, you know, look at Candace Owens as, you know, a black Trumper where it's like, well, you know, she, she can speak for all, all black people. And it's like, no, she's got internalized racism. Yep. She's well, she's a grifter. That's a big thing too. Is, also you know, a she sees big it. point. Yeah. She, <laughs> she capitalized on a moment much like Donald Trump did. And yeah. For that yeah. as well, Caitlyn Jenner is somebody in the trans community who was looked at as like a positive figure for, at least from my perspective, for like a, a minute at least. And then, yeah. you know, the second that Caitlyn Jenner started to, you know, support Trump, it's like, you are a trans woman. What are you doing supporting this like guy who's at the front of a homophobic yeah. movement? What the hell is wrong you with know. you? Probably. Well, I would think, you know, talking about worldview, she didn't identify as trans until late in life. She is was very wealthy you know she's white like she has a lot of these privileges that are gonna unfortunately change her worldview and yeah you know she she was trying to take over that when they were trying to push newsom out from california and she was running as like a replacement and she said something about like it you know the homelessness in california is so bad that like her friend got a private jet to fly out so he didn't have to see homeless people or something like that and it was like holy shit do you do you hear what you just said (laughs) like private jet offended by homeless people so rather than try to help them you leave the state like whoa like that's a that's a leap in logic uh definitely and yeah yeah so just having that privilege and having the ability is it must be nice to sit in your ivory tower and like cultivate your world to be exactly what you want but yeah. You know, the reality on the ground is very different. Yeah. And people saying like, oh, it's not that bad or whatever. It's like, it's not that bad for you, maybe, but for a lot of other people. And that's to me very telling when, you know, they say like, oh, again, spinning off, but like, oh, both sides are the same. It's like, not if you're trans, not if you're a person of color trying to vote. Like, nope. not if you're disabled, not if you're yeah. like any yeah. kind of not cis hetero or yeah. white it's like or christian Christian. yeah like those are big qualifiers obviously and like it represents a lot of the population so like it's not a thing that affects a lot of the population but also the things the people that do get affected by that shit like it is a broad spectrum of the population who are not those things and i don't think that there's enough education out there enough voices out there saying like yes you have these things and it's nice for you, but also recognize that you have these things and they are privileges, not rights. And you should recognize that you are like privileged. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I also talk about representation a lot and how we, 
the only way we're going to grow as a society is if we have representation of, you know, that's why I was saying I was all excited about Jonathan because Jonathan is this representation of this person that's very different from the, you know, masculine, whatever. Um, so anyway, I, uh, I didn't want to go too much. Like I keep wanting to go off cause I, I'm really enjoying talking to you and I feel yeah. like we have so much that we could talk about. So I'm hopefully you enjoy yourself and maybe people will, will come up with some questions and we can do a, part two in the future hell yeah i would um, i would love that it would be fantastic because yeah. i'm yeah, really enjoying really this conversation fun. too i think we have lots to talk about <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean there's so many things i wanted to ask you that i haven't even you know brought up and i'm like i want to but i'm like eh, i'm trying not to go over like an hour and a half if i can help it i'm not fair. very good at it <laughs> so if fair. you don't mind i was gonna ask you to to wrap up what kind of resources do you want to share are there any you know i hate the word influencers but are there any creators out there you know whether they're a sex worker or not who you think are a good representation or really knowledgeable um and organizations or anything like that that you uh think deserve a shout out so i will shout out a couple of different organizations and also like a couple of individuals um that i'm thinking of the first group that I'm thinking of is like uh, PFLAG is a fantastic resource for finding out a lot of information about queer resources. So like, you know, the breakdown about pronouns and why they're important and like how we use them in conversation and, you know, that kind of thing, uh, as well as just like a whole wealth of really of information about like LGBTQ, which is lesbian, gay, queer, or I'm sorry, lesbian, gay, lesbian, bi, oh, gee, lesbian, gay, bi, trans, queer, sorry. I know what the acronym means. Um, it's just I rarely have to break it down like that. But like they have a ton of resources on what all those different words mean and how to you know love and accept the people in your life who are a part of the queer community and also how to be a better person because like acceptance is not a, ever a bad thing and it helps our world just be better. Um, there's also myths. yeah dispelling myths and you know. Like Helping shocking trans people don't go to the bathroom because they want to gawk at people. They go because they have to pee. It's almost <laughs> as if they're human and have bladders that they have to relieve every once in a while. It's mind boggling. Trust me, but it's going to be okay. It's yeah. going to be okay. My little snowflakes. It's going to be okay. Um, <laughs> but PFLAG is a great one. Uh, as far as like resources for kink, I, Wikipedia is not a bad place to start. They have like, community edited so it's a wide variety of things there's also sources for a lot of stuff as, as well um and one nice thing about wikipedia at least i would think you're not going to have explicit porn po- popping up in the margins which is something that i find frustrating if i try to look up <sighs> a kink i'm going to end up on porn sites where maybe i don't really want to see someone getting you know anally fisted while i'm trying to read up on this thing like it's fine that that exists but i'd like to be able to learn about i don't know rope play without having to see that yeah absolutely that's super so fair good point for wikipedia so wikipedia <laughs> as much as like your high school teacher might deride you using it as a primary source it is a good place to start with like figuring out the various things that you want to figure out you can delve further into various kinks um FetLife is also a good place to network and like socialize, find on uh, find out information about things that are going on in your local area. And they have there's kink communities all around the world. Basically, anywhere there's a larger group than like ten people, there's going to be a, a, a kinky gaggle of people somewhere. Yeah. Um, so it's a good place to find and start networking and stuff like that. Yeah, um, talking about FetLife, one thing I 
wanted to mention earlier, the reason that um, something like FetLife is such a, a good resource is you have to be somewhat committed to go to a place like FetLife. Mm-hmm. If you were to just post on a generic dating site, you know, if you post who you are or any identifying factors, it could be very easy for someone who's not going to be cool with it to find it. Yeah. So there's no guarantee that they won't go to FetLife, but odds are if they're deeply offended by, you know, kink, they're not going to go there. So oh, another yeah, important reason why you might want to go to FetLife instead of putting it out there on a, you know, generic, absolutely. anyone can yeah. find it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, so those are those are three good resources that I, I think of right now. Um, as far as influencers or people who are living the life and being representations for everything like that. Um, I'm forgetting what his first name is. And I feel like such a bad queer for this, but. um, Or you can look it up if you want. I can just edit this out. Ah, that would work beautifully because he transgender just a couple of days ago or like a couple of months ago. And it was like one of the most glorious things because he's been in a lot of movies that I really love. So like he's important to me and I feel ashamed. Like I said, bad queer uh i want to make sure i have the right information but jonathan van ness on um queer eye the current one on netflix he's is a fantastic representation of what it is to be like non-binary and to be somebody who is gender non-conforming and yeah he um, apparently has a new show coming out that's what they were talking about on the colbert show it's jonathan van ness is curious about or something like that and he said every episode is basically something that he's curious about so one is you know trans gay that kind of stuff another yeah. one is like ice skating and huh. like just really random things yeah, and yeah. again representation i really appreciate having you and having videos like this but i think it would be great also to just like like you know have one talking about video games you know yeah. not have it necessarily be focused on because you're a person there's a I, lot going on with you besides just you know i'm trans i'm trans everything i do everything i think about is being trans so <laughs> Again, yeah, like having something like that show with 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 Jonathan is is going to be a really nice stride forward. I think so. I think so too. Having that representation where it's just exploring Jonathan's interests. Yeah, yeah. Getting Jonathan to know him just as a happens. Jonathan yeah. just happens to be a GNC non-binary human. Again, a human with interests. Shocking, I know. Yeah. But um, the person That's I was why thinking it's... of. It's good when, um, you know, you do have content creators or whatever who, because a lot of content creators, people will follow them, yeah, because they're interested in what they're talking about, but a lot of time it's because they fall in love with the personality and they get to, they become a, a, you know, they think fondly of that person. They think of them as a friend, which, you know, if they're not super famous can be true back. Like I definitely think of the people I interact with a lot as friends, but it's the same thing with like, you know, people on the spectrum and everything like that is, is a chance to get to know someone (laughs) <laughs> who has that aspect of themselves instead of only being able to see what the the Hollywood gods decide is allowed to be in a TV show. Right. So, absolutely. And well, yeah. if you think of anyone else that you want to shout out, I'll add them to the description. And I mean, I'm really <sighs> behind on YouTubers. I don't really watch other people very often, but you know, if anyone watches this and has someone that I should check out, you know, go ahead and, and leave it in the comments. And um, yeah, absolutely. I'll put it in the the field. And uh, yeah, like I said, you know, thank you so much for this video. There's so much else that I want to talk to you about, but this video is too long and I never shut up. Um, (laughs) And any, any, you know, if you want to share any pictures or anything like that, again, I'll link to it. Um, I do, what I've been doing right now is I put the actual version of the video up on Trom. 
Okay. And then I make a version to put on YouTube where I put a handmaid's hat and smock photoshopped <laughs> over my whole body and over my whole guest body. And it'll probably still get banned because, again, I've had fully clothed videos banned as nudity because all it takes is enough haters to false flag it. But I feel like at least when that gets banned, it gives me like a perfect example of how fucked up algorithmic based moderation is. Yeah, absolutely. Wearing a smock and a hat and they're still going to say I'm being naked. So if you're watching this version on, I'm going to use that camera. If you're using, (laughs) if you're watching this version on YouTube, then I really recommend you go to the URL I'm going to put here so you can watch the uncensored version. Not because I mean, it's exactly the same video just without the smock. (laughs) So, you know, it's not like, Oh, it's going to be them actually having sex through the camera somehow. It's, it's exactly the same video, but all right. Um, that's about it. Thank you. I don't know. Cleo, it's been great talking with you and like, I would love to do another one of these where we just talk about whatever, like video yeah. games or stuff like that. I can go on for hours about the video games that I love. Same. Um, and I'm obsessed like, with games. Are you on Patreon? Have you uh, tried Patreon? I have not tried Patreon before. Um, so Patreon's kind of finicky. They actually supposedly have faced some backlash as far as like being anti-sex worker. They don't <laughs> allow you to post porn to their platform but you can post naked stuff as long as it's marked mm. naked, you know? Okay. Okay. As long as um, it's like flagged NSFW or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, you could post like a, you know, non-sexual, like, I mean, I think you could even probably post like pictures of rope and stuff like that. It's just one's body parts start going into each other. But you gotcha. could like, you know, if you did a photo shoot series or whatever, you could be like, here's a taste, go here to buy the full thing or whatever. Gotcha. You just have to be, I would be careful about being dependent on it because as with all centralized platforms, you know, they could just delete your channel just immediately you know? just revoke your access altogether yeah. no that's interesting i hadn't that i've heard good things about ko-fi um but i haven't coffee, ex- coffee k-o-f-i i they specifically say like no nudity porn in theirs so i mean you could try it but again you know it's sort of like the 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 disabled sex worker like someone if they don't want if they don't like you they can just report you and get you huh. taken down but you can try it you know Try it and use a VPN uh, (laughs) IP changer if you have to. Yeah, just constantly like dodging under the sensors. But (laughs) yeah, if you do, Israel now. Yeah, if you do set one up, you know, like anything I can do to try to help you, um, I'll do that. And you know, you might. um, I don't know if you have already, but you might be interested in like talking to some of the other sex workers on Twitter, especially because I've. I've talked to numerous ones on there and they so far have been basically like the coolest people ever. <laughs> uh, super chill. I'm in um, a couple of different promotion groups with like a, a bunch of them, probably close to two or 300 of them. Um, and you know, there's random conversations that happen throughout the day or throughout the, the course of the week or whatever. And yeah, yeah, honestly, they are some of the coolest, most down to earth and like realist people I've met in. Yeah a long time and well they're not all so sexually repressed that they're like afraid of you know accidentally revealing a true aspect of themselves. that's my fucking jam though like <laughs> sex shouldn't be uh like a super holy act it's a thing that everybody on the planet does and has done to get to where we are somebody before us did to get us where we are so like I, I don't hold it as a paramount like you know pinnacle of the mountaintop relationship stuff um yeah. 
like it's just it sucks it's fucking it doesn't matter to me that much like it's great to have it but it's not it's yeah not yeah and also <laughs> don't you know maybe don't make it like the the only thing in your entire life that's important to you i mean it can be very important but like maybe also have a hobby like <laughs> yeah like explore a passion crack a book you know watch a movie every once in a while it's a, a thing do you some can do. gardening you know <laughs> all right all right so this we is end this, this is yeah. me saying goodbye thank you for everyone thank you for watching thank you for the video and i look forward to seeing how your fans react to the video and hopefully they learn something new i hope so too i hope so i hope somebody learns something and you know check out all those resources the last thing i want to throw in there is jonathan van ness is a fantastic resource uh to kind of like look Sorry. at and see a representation i'm recording a video what's up okay okay bye <laughs> Sorry, so you were saying a, a last resource? Yeah, so um, the the resources that I mentioned before, like Wikipedia is a fantastic resource to just find out the basis, like the Reader's Digest version of whatever it is you're interested in um, on anything in the world subject-wise, uh, especially kink. Um, then FetLife to start networking, PFLAG for, for queer resources. Um, Jonathan Van Ness on Queer Eye for Netflix is a great representation of somebody just living their life and exploring their passion and doing their thing. Also, Elliot Page. Yeah, if you've ever watched fucking yeah. Juno or like any of those movies, like he's fantastic. He's great. Um, he's on Twitter and he's funny and he's great. Um, yeah, um, the Umbrella Academy. I noticed that they changed his name. Um, in the in the credits, they actually went back in and they changed it to Elliot, which I thought yeah. was really cool. That was to, really you know, sweet of the producers to go back and do. Not be using the dead name. Okay, yeah. all right. But I'm going to stop we'll recording now. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode. A brief reminder that if you'd like to see the video that this audio was extracted from, please visit toplesstopics.org and use the search field to find the episode with the same title as this audio file that you're listening to right now. You can also find Topless Topics all over social media. You can find all the links listed at allmylinks.com slash toptopics. That's allmylinks.com slash toptopics. Not Topless Topics because that gets banned if, if I have it in the description. So thanks for listening. Bye.